one. And we are live back for the Monday episode. It's the True Christian Podcast. Guys, I'm sorry that we're running a little late. I missed JD's face, so we got on the pre-call, and I just started talking to him. Uh, it's my yeah. guy right there. <laughs> What's up? What's up, What's brother? happening, everybody? <laughs> What's happening, everybody, as always? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going through Second Timothy tonight. It's going to be epic. And uh, just a reminder to like and subscribe and share. I've been going through some of the, the old podcasts and again, we always see that most of the people that watch aren't actually subscribed, haven't shared, haven't liked. So please make sure that you like and share. And 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 especially like the the last the last month, we've gone over some good topics. There are people that ask questions again and again on TikTok. I see these questions. So you know, point them to the YouTube and they can watch the two hours of Mike and I rambling on and <laughs> you know addressing each and every single one of these topics. So good to all to have you all here. Good to see my brother Mike in the flesh again. Yeah. So uh here we are. Let's get it. Second Timothy amped. Yes, amped. sir. You know, last week when I was coming on the uh, podcast, I just got done traveling, so I was very laggy. It took me a minute to go, but I'm ready to go tonight. Um, as far as the YouTube channel goes, I, like like JD said, guys, we basically answer a lot of questions that people ask on YouTube. And I try to tell people, and I'm on YouTube on TikTok, and I try to tell people on TikTok, like, man, the questions you guys are asking, they're, they're answered over there, for real. Like, people keep, you know comment what about deliverance ministries we got a whole podcast on it you can go watch two hours of us talking about it but um i yeah. think i'm going to go ahead and try and go through and get clips of some stuff and use that uh for people to know where to go to to watch that episode um because that way people can see some clips actually jd i was going to say there's this i know people have feelings about ai but there's a website that uses ai that i saw an ad for um, that I thought I might check out where you drop the link in for the full YouTube video and it goes through and clips out like 10 things for you. So oh, that's cool. um, yeah, might have to check that out for sure. But guys, welcome. We're going to be going over second Timothy. We're reading through, but we're studying We're we're, we're, we're really diving into what's being said. So it might take two episodes. Also just want to throw this out there now. Uh, no, ignore fights and trolls in the comment section. Um, you guys know that they're going to come sometimes, especially lately as things been picking up near the middle of these episodes, we've been hitting 70, 80 people. Um, we also know that we have someone that just refuses to, uh, and if he shows up, just ignore, just ignore anybody. And you guys know when someone is probing, y'all know it, y'all know the probing type of people, ignore them. Let us enjoy fellowship tonight. And matter of fact, let's go ahead and open this sort of prayer as we dive into the word of God. So if y'all with me, join me. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this glorious day. Thank you for what you've allowed us to accomplish today. The, the very fact that we woke up this morning and for our brothers and sisters watching in different parts of the world or watching this later, um, they might be ending their night. They might be beginning their day. Um, just Father, be with us, guide us and, and, and keep us on that narrow path. Lord, before we dive into your word tonight, we pray that you're with us. We never want to dive into your word without you because then it's just us and, and we start doing things we shouldn't be doing. So we ask your spirit to be present with us as we dive into your word. Let discernment be upon all of the brothers and sisters in Christ listening so that whatever is said between myself and JD, um, they know how to find truth and they know how to decipher truth. Um, let us all test everything and let us study your word and be edified. We pray all this through Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Y'all ready for Second Timothy? Uh, man. Get it. 
We got 35 people in here. We got over on TikTok about 90. Uh, the fact that they're still on TikTok and not coming over to YouTube, shame on you. You don't get to see us, but whatever. Uh, God bless. <laughs> so let's open it up. Let's talk a little bit, actually, before we get into it. In case you, this is your first time visiting us here, we're diving into 2 Timothy because um, it's one that we go to a lot, right, J.D.? We, we really look at it for a lot of things. It has a lot of strong messages. And it makes sense because if you understand why it was written, it's Paul's final letter, right? So I want you guys to imagine you're dying. What is your final message? What are you saying, right? He's dying too because of why? Because he believes that Jesus rose from the grave, that he's uh, preaching the gospel. This is why he's dying. And he's writing this letter. When you and I, if we were about to die, would you be encouraging someone to do what you were doing that got you killed? Would you be yeah. sitting here? Would you be as brave as he is, right? If you were never once in a we see fear in Paul. We never realize, you know, we never see Paul uh, like panicking in this letter. He's confident and he's telling Timothy, basically, go do what I was doing. Yeah, yeah, they about to kill me for it. Now you go do it. And and I love yeah. remembering that because it's very interesting as to what's being said in this letter. Final message from Paul. Amen. Amen. I mean, moreover, like when people say, like, how do you identify false teachers? Second Timothy. Like this is this is like this. Paul is giving it to us straight. This is what the man of God needs to look like. This is what the man of God needs to be preaching. This is what the man of God resembles. This is how the man of God speaks. This is how the man of God acts. And this is what the man of God preaches. And ultimately, we, we see it again and again throughout his epistles. But in Second Timothy, he's basically passing on the mantle. Um, moreover, this is, I mean, topic for another, you know, another discussion about those people who think that there are still apostles walking around on the earth today. Notice when he gives the mantle to Timothy, he doesn't give him his apostleship. He merely gives him, he merely gives him instruction on the word. So again, if there were still apostles today, Timothy would have been the next apostle in line for sure. For sure. Real quick, uh, Yuri is saying that it's repeating and she's confused. Is anyone else having any technical difficulties or is it just her? Because if it's just her, then I don't have to worry too much. Uh, <laughs> not, not saying I don't want you to not see it, but I'm saying I hope it's just you and not everybody. So please let us know in the comment section if you are hearing us perfectly fine. And then I'm going to throw on top one more thing that you made me think of uh, when you when you talk about Second Timothy, about what it tells us. It, it goes in line with what I also brought about final letter. Right. So as Christians, this is what Paul is his final message, as in I have nothing else I'm going to be able to ever say to you. So for his walk. Right. So let's see what Paul emphasizes in Second Timothy. Yeah. Scripture. Scripture, scripture, right? Second Timothy 3, we all go to it, right? It's not yeah. just the fact that he said all scripture is breathed by God. Why is he saying it? Because he's saying, I'm about to be gone, and all you're going to have left is the scripture, right? Amen. Again, though, you know, people like to say, well, no, they don't, they're against Sola Scriptura. Why doesn't Paul say, lean on Peter and them? Well, they, some of these people might be dead at this time. I have to check the timelines, but lean on this bishop, lean on these elders, right? Because Paul is making sure Timothy knows when I'm gone, when I'm gone, you need to make sure that you're in the scripture. He doesn't pass on his yeah. apostleship. He doesn't tell them, pay attention to what the elders and the other Christians say. Rather, he says, keep an eye on everybody and hold to the scriptures. So, and that's his yeah. final message, his final message and, and other things that we're going to go over as far as his final message goes. So let's dive into it. We're going to have on screen uh, the ESV and the KJV. So whenever JD reads, it'll be KJV. So you guys can read it uh, or you can follow along with him. And whenever I read it, it'll be ESV. 
Uh, let me go ahead and make the text a little bit bigger so you guys can see it because with it being on uh, both sides. We also have the ESV with Greek interlinearity uh, uh, queued up and ready to go for any deeper Bible study uh, with the Bible word study on the side and the Greek dictionary on the bottom. That way, when you uh, watch this with us, you understand what everything else looks like and what everything else is, right? So you're not just like, what's all this stuff on screen? So Greek dictionary at the bottom, Bible word study right here and whatnot. So um, let's go ahead and start it off. I'll start here in the ESV and then um, we'll be stopping and, and speaking about it a little bit, I'm sure. Uh, and, and as always, it opens with an intro, and I love Paul's intros. I don't think we emphasize those enough because we're so used to reading these letters and going to the guts in the middle. Paul opens all his letters with such grace, such love, and such peace. And yes, this is Timothy, so that's his, you know, son in the faith. He, he, he it's his, you know, that's who he loves. Um, but even when he's addressing entire churches, right, it's always with love. And then he'll go into a hard rebuke and do what he has to do, but it starts with love. So in verse one, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. So starting off, he's okay. saying, I love you, Timothy. I always am thanking God for you. I'm, I deeply am praying for you uh, and in communication with God for you. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And again, remember, Paul is about to die. So he knows that what he's talking about is in heaven, right? He longs to see him now uh, the next time he sees him, which will be in paradise. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. This is the first place I want to stop. Paul's reminding Timothy to fan his gift into flame. What does that tell us? That tells us that you can have a gift of God that you're not using. You're not using it properly. You're not using it at all. You're not fanning that fire, right? The fire is not going to burn by itself. This is where you do have your freedom, right? You can grieve the spirit. You can go. Matter of fact, many of you know my gift is a communication gift. I have a gift of explaining things and understanding complex things and then breaking it down simple. And I've used it before I came to the Lord because I used it for other things in the, of the world. And it benefited me to a degree, but it never was truly how it is. And so I started using it for God. Then it became much better. Like as you, if you turn your gift towards God and use the gift God gave you in the way that he wants you to use it, it will blossom because you fan that flame. Amen. I mean, and spirit of fear and spirit of power. Yeah, and I mean, it's just it's just a question of I mean, even if we look at 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 you know those who are constantly waiting for, you know, it's kind of like that that pursuit of happiness thing and what we've just spoken about, you know, where people where people you know you've got the gift but you sit on it, you, you're sitting on your hands, you're sitting on your hands, and this is where Paul is saying, don't sit on your hands, constantly stir up the gift inside of you, which in in the by the putting on of my hands. So he says again, you know, the 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 Holy Spirit's dwelling within Timothy, 
And he's not to sit on his hands. He's to constantly stir up that gift which God has given him so that he doesn't fall short, so that he doesn't, you know, wander off the path that God has given him and put him on. So powerful first first few verses there, even the way he opens it up. And and this is this is a question I always say, you know, Mike's gift is communication. Um, you know, everyone that knows me personally, that has spoken to me personally, will know that I, I can't I can't not love people, man. Doesn't matter who you are, I can't not love you. You know, when I see people that 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 are fighting on TikTok and going back and forth with one another, I'm like, this is the first, this is the first error that Christians make when we start getting a little bit wise in God's word. Um, and we're reminded of this by the apostle Paul in Romans that knowledge puffs up, but charity edifies. So again, we see uh, what he's saying to Timothy. If we if we go out and we preach the word, if we do so for any other reason than to love that person and to warn that person from what is coming, we've already missed the mark. Amen. So I was looking, as you can tell, just a little bit deeper at the Greek here, the word used uh, for flame, because there is no word for the to fan into, and there's no Greek word for the stir up part, right, The uh, in the King James. So the reason why they get these is because that one word for flame, which is anazopyrene, uh, means to stir up the fire, fan the flame of, as you see at the bottom in the dictionary. So that's why it says to fan into flame on the ESV. It says stir up the flame in the KJV. But that's like when you have, when you're outside, you've got a campfire going and the fire starts dying down. When the fire starts yeah. dying down, what do you got to do? It's rough. It's violent. You got to go in there with something. You got to bang it around, right? Sometimes getting your fire stirred up for God isn't going to be a comfortable situation. It's not always going to be just, God, please stir my fire up, right? What does God might God might do for you? If, if you're not doing it yourself, God might have to stick a stick in and kind of stir you up for him. So if you want God to stir you up, maybe that's why those trials are coming in your life. You ever notice yeah. how a trial can get the fire burning up in you because you're getting Amen. stirred up and you have to dig deep and grab onto what God is offering you because that you realize how badly you need him. But you don't have to get that far all the time. You could stir it up yourself, guys. Stir up that fire, provoke that fire, and and let that fire burn for Christ. Let that fire Amen. burn for him. You, if, if you have any question at life of what your purpose in life is for, serving him. That if that's the purpose of your life, if you've realized it, or if you come to that conclusion, you will see things benefit from that point on because he is the purpose of our life. The purpose yeah. of life, well, he in, in him is life. So there is no purpose of life without life. So if life is in Christ Jesus, then purpose is in Christ Jesus. Can I get Amen. it? Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. We're starting into Amen. a pre <laughs> Yeah. That's the that's the thing with God's word though. That's like, and that's why you said two episodes. I think maybe like even four because Second Timothy's got so much meat, and he's saying so much in 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 four chapters that like you you absolutely you know you have to dive deep into this. And this is ultimately, I know Mike mentioned it last week. I'm just going to touch on it again. But we are going to be doing this this whole year Bible study where we go through everything. Um, and we'll preload and upload. But th this is just going to give you an idea of how, how in-depth the Word of God is, um, simply because we've also got contrary views. We've got different, you know, different opinions on certain verses, especially when we come to chapters like Ephesians 2. We've got so many different interpretations over there. And ultimately, you, you know, we know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you and we know that you will test everything and be like the Bereans and search the scriptures to make sure that what we are saying is in fact what God is saying. So 
let's get back into it, man. God Amen. bless you all. And then I, I wanted to reemphasize that final verse. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The spirit we have in us is the Holy Spirit, right? Let's remember what the Bible says. When Christ went into the grave, what rose him from the grave? The Holy Spirit rose him from the grave. The Holy Spirit, right? It, it, the power of the Holy Spirit. So you have the power that raised our God from the grave residing in you. In case that's going over your head, let me repeat that one more time because a lot of Christians forget who they are. The world wants you to think that you're just a Christian by confession of mouth. Man, I'm not just a Christian by the words. They can call me with the word all they want. What makes you a Christian is you have the power of God residing inside of you. Amen. And, and the world calls that corny. The world calls that stupid. The world mocks that. But the Bible also says that those perishing look at the cross as foolish. It actually says yeah. that the cross is foolish to those perishing. You yeah. have the power Amen. that rose God from the grave. You have the power that brought forth bread and fish from midair. You have the power that calmed the storm. You have the power that changed water to wine. You have the power that raises dead bodies all residing within you. So Amen. God did not give you a spirit of fear because Jesus also said, fear not the one uh, that can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and soul in hell. You have no yep. reason to fear anything because you have that power inside of you. You have that Amen. spirit inside of you. So I just want to emphasize that because fear is a big one in Christians today, uh, especially on, online. Uh, so. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Paul's a prisoner. Paul's about to die for this. He said, yeah. don't be ashamed of the gospel. That's the test. So the testimony about Jesus is the gospel. That's the, that's what the yeah. testimony is. So he's saying, don't Amen. be ashamed of the gospel. You know, Romans one, this is a common thing. Paul probably said this a lot to people, right? They don't be ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. And then he said, nor of me, don't be ashamed that I, that cause you know, he's dying. It could be easy to be like, you know, people probably were saying to Timothy, like, oh man, Paul's your guy. That guy's about to get killed, man. He was a dummy for that. He was stupid. He should have yeah, just yeah, said, you yeah. know what? I don't believe or something. He said, don't be ashamed of me neither, but share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. How does it Amen. read? Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. I mean, and, and there, just, just to digress for a second on that one, you know, just to unpack sometimes, and this is what people don't realize. Sometimes you're suffering is, is is what someone else needs to see. Our suffering being witnessed by those around us, our suffering, whether it be an ailment, whether it be cancer, whether it be financial burden, whether it be whatever, your marriage, your children, whatever the problem is, where you remain faithful during your suffering, other people see this and they're like, they're not panicking. They're not, they're not tripping. They're not cussing. They're not getting, they're not pumping their little fists up at God saying, why me? They are persevering and they're still preaching and they're still walking in love so again this is what paul is saying in our suffering for the gospel by the power of god we we carry on even though we have many we are distressed what does he say we are perplexed but not we are not defeated we are downtrodden but not done so ultimately we see that the suffering that we go through as christians for the sake of the gospel is 100 biblical this is supposed to happen Amen. it's gonna happen and, and not only 
how do I want to word this? Last week we talked about ambassadors of Christ, right? We we re we represent Christ everything that we do, and we we talk about this in the good sense. Everything that you do, do it as if it was for God, right? Show off that light. Well, also, when you're going through some things in your life, you're an ambassador for Christ. Like if I'm an atheist and this person JD is telling me all the time he wants to bring Jesus to me, but I know him personally, and he's always depressed, he's always pessimistic, he's always like, "This is terrible. I don't know what's going on." I'm gonna be like, "You want me to trust in Jesus, bro? Do you trust in Jesus? What, what are you What are you bringing me? I see you. Like you could sit here and tell me how Jesus is your peace and joy all day long, but I see you. I see yeah. you. See me. See you. Like I see how you act, and it doesn't act. It doesn't look like." You trust Jesus. And this is why it's so important to walk in obedience. This is why Jesus says in John 15 that to glorify my father, walk, uh, uh, he says, uh, bear fruit in proving that you are my disciple. That's what he said. Bear fruit and proving that you're my disciple. It glorifies yeah. God because then they see us. And again, it's not about you. It's about who's in you. So when they see you always persevering, man, his that person's kid died. That person's family fell apart. He had cancer, whatever it is. And like the light shined from him. I need to know where that light comes from because something bad might happen in their life. A similar thing, like JD was saying, like they need you. They need to see you get through it. They lose a kid. They get cancer. And then they look at you and they say, matter of fact, Justin's a great example of this. Right now, Justin's daughter has cancer. And during this whole thing, Justin has told me people who lost their faith, that lost a child, have been coming back to him saying, like, seeing your faith has helped me get back into what I need to be getting into. Because Amen. they lost a child, they probably blamed God, but they see him. So I love what JD pointed out there. And I want to remind you, there's always someone watching. And you're going to suffer no matter what. So you can either suffer with God, before God, or you can suffer on your own. Because there's always going to be suffering in a sinful, fallen world. Amen. All right, all right. Verse number, uh, uh, oops, uh, nine. nine. Who saved us? Matter of fact, I like to start the whole sentence from scratch because we were talking for a while. So, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering the gospel for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to be holy, to be a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel for which I was appointed a teacher. This guy don't have no periods. Paul yeah. be running on. All right. I wanted to find a period and stop. We'll go back. We'll go back. JD, that's you commenting, like, share, and subscribe, right? Because I got so many people yeah. pretending to be me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's like 30. I looked up, I searched up True Christian Ministry on uh, TikTok, and like, there's like 15 accounts still. Uh, it's crazy. So when I see me in the comment section, I'm like, is that my guy? Is that my stalker? <laughs> um, so let's that's go me, back. Because there were some things I said that, uh, that I wanted to stop on. He said, who saved us, right? Saved. Past tense. It's done. He saved us. Not he is going to save us if we stay faithful and we follow the law, right? Who would I think you can lose your salvation? Are you saved or are you not saved? And if you're saved, how do you become unsaved, right? Who saved us and called yeah. us to, be, to a holy calling, not because of the our works, not because of our works. This is the spot where he doesn't even say works of the law, right? He just says not because of our works. What's that yeah, word yeah. there in, uh, for works? Let's look at it real quick. 
Taerga, which is work, labor, and the physical, original, and the agricultural, uh, moral actions, deeds, hence with adjectives or genit uh, uh, genitives def defining its character. So this could be many things, moral actions, deeds, uh, manual labor, or work. And we can see this word used out throughout scripture. Look here, in yeah. the same... This same Lots word is used in Matthew 5, where it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works. So this is the same kind of good works that Jesus is commanding us to do. And he's saying, that's not why you're saved. So if someone tries to say that this means anything else, no, this means that you're not saved by your good works. Jesus commands us to do good works, yes. But that same word, that same statement is, is being said here, saying not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace. I love that, JD, because people don't like to hear this. God saves us for his own purposes, his own yeah. purpose. He, his purpose has nothing to do with you, nothing. His own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Yeah, amen. I mean, we just see that confirmed as well in Colossians. We were created by him for him. That's it. That's, and that's the biggest thing, you know, that, that Paul's reminding Timothy of here. You know, your your cause, your mission, who you are and what you are is all for his glory. And so, you know, whatever, sometimes we get sucked into our own emotions, our own feelings, where we are at in life and, and forget the, the mission, forget the calling. That And this is why, again, this is why we are doing Second Timothy, because this is Paul putting emphasis on every single thing you are here for in this life to fulfill. And remember, Paul's Lord. about to die. So this is the final message. That's why it's also so important to remember final things. And this is the last thing I can say to him. And, and I want to make sure he's set up for success. And where is he Amen. bringing his focus immediately off the rip that you are in Christ by his purpose? And let me make something clear. So that means if we if he saves us for his purpose, that means the people that aren't saved, they're for his purpose too. I've told you before, like the scriptures say that the wicked were created for a purpose, right? So when people try and say, well, why doesn't God just save all? Because he gives us freedom to, to choose and the people that don't choose him serve his purpose as well. Like, isn't that crazy that even in rejection of him, you're, you will serve his purpose? Because if, yeah. that, if they didn't serve his purpose, then that would mean that God created something that was purposeless. Like, and, mm. and that kind of actually, if I think about it, like that kind of goes against his character. Everything he creates has purpose. So that means mm. even if you reject him, he's going to make purpose out of your life. So it's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's like a slap in the face to them because they think that they're getting the last laugh. Like, well, at least you don't get my love. I really feel like some people really think that that's if I, I can't win against God in anything. So my way of winning against you is denying you my love and therefore denying you the purpose you wanted me for. And it's like, God is like, oh, I'm going to use you. Don't worry. You finna be a part of my purpose. You just ain't going to like the part because they're the example of his perfect justice. They, they glorify his justice and his wrath. Amen. All things. God will work all things, all things for the good. That's what we see in Romans 8. All things. Amen. And then it goes on saying, as, as I was reading and I went back, but and which now has been made manifested through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus. Um, I think this is actually really interesting to look at here. He says, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. So he's saying that 
This was already determined before creation, right? And we know that Christ is the lamb slain before eternity passed. So, Amen. and people don't like hearing this. They feel like they have to, here's the problem. People with a finite mind feel like if I can't understand it, I have to deny some of it. There's people who deny free will. There's people that deny predestination because they only can align with one side. They don't think God has the capability of giving man free choice while also having the ability to be sovereign and predestined things. We can't avoid either in the scriptures. We got scripture that says, I place before you life and death. Choose. Choice is evident. But we have scriptures that say before the foundation of the world, uh, prior to creation, you were predestined, foreknown. Like it's not even just predestined, it's foreknown. Right. And, and we we see this constantly. Right. Now, what exactly does how does it work? We'll never know. We're not high, higher beings. We're not God. Um, yeah. But we can't deny either of them. Right. And, then he says what? And it became manifest when Jesus showed up. So it was already established in, in eternity. And then it became manifest when he arrived. And that's why people were saved by Jesus's sacrifice back in the days of Adam, all the way to the final believer in the book of Revelation. Everybody that dies and goes to heaven will go through grace of the cross. Whether you believe it or not, sorry, the gospel has been the gospel from day one. Yeah. Amen. I mean, and this, this is this is just an awesome little, and I'm just a quick digression. We see this when Jesus Christ comes into Jerusalem for the first time on the donkey, right? And 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 they quote the prophet Zechariah, but then they're all singing Hosanna, Hosanna. And Hosanna, you know, transliterated is God help us, God save us. And and we we see that Jesus stops and he says something so profound. When Jesus stops and he says, if everybody that was there singing Hosanna, Hosanna, and waving their palm leaves and worshiping Jesus as he came in, he says, if they didn't declare it, the stones themselves, the stones themselves would have made that declaration. Um, and, and, and this, again, people ask us the question, where does Jesus say he is God? Where does Jesus Christ deny worship? Where does Jesus Christ request worship? We see this. He says, if they had not sang Hosanna, Hosanna, um, and they were singing, yes, this, the king of Israel, the chosen king, the one who was prophesied, they were singing about it. And Jesus turns around and says, if you didn't, the stones would have. And Amen. this is this this is just so powerful what we see about the manifestation of Jesus Christ coming in to this world. Amen. I mean, there we Amen. see verse eleven, man, for which wow. I was appointed a preacher, apostle, and a teacher. All three. All yep. three. There we see it. Also, just those three. I had someone try and tell me that Paul was a pastor, right? I was I made a video talking about how pastors are called to be married. That's what the scriptures say. And someone said, well, Paul wasn't married and he was a pretty awesome pastor. And I was like, Paul wasn't a pastor. Uh, Paul yep. was an apostle, a preacher and a teacher, right? Preaching the word of God, teach the word Amen. of God. And an apostle is the foundation that helps build the church. He teaches those people, gives them the gospel so they can build the church. And he said, um, Paul was an overseer. He oversaw Timothy. He oversaw, you know, Apollos, et cetera, et cetera. No, no, no. You're missing up what the word overseer means and the role overseer in the in the church. The overseer of the church is the overseer of the church. Uh, you Amen. got bishops, you got pastors. Uh, Paul wasn't an overseer of the churches. He was an apostle. So he had authority. He, he brought a message, but he wasn't a pastor. Paul was able to be single because he's traveling. He's bringing the gospel like that's what he does. But a pastor is called to be married 
because there's several reasons, and that's a different episode. We will do a past a pastoral episode. People have been asking for it, so we can discuss about women and pastor uh, pastors and what pastors are called to be. So yeah. I, I digress on that, but just point there that he's appointed preacher, apostle, and teacher, which which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Notice he doesn't say, I know he won't let me die. He's given up his life to Christ. All he was worried about is Jesus protecting the foundation in which Paul had laid. That's all. And Amazing. notice he's not saying it's his either. He said, um, what has been entrusted to me, right? Whatever you're doing for the kingdom, that's entrusted to you by God. And that's your, that's your focus. Even if your life comes to an end, your life's not your focus. The kingdom of God should be your focus. And, and that yeah. can be in many different things. But notice that's where Paul's emphasis is. He's mainly just make, worried about, man, I, I trust God's going to take care of what I've laid. Right? Not save me from my prison. And I don't know if y'all noticed, but where he was also at, I, I wish I had the pictures loaded up. I should have. The kind of prison that they existed in back then, J.D.? I see yeah, that's right. I've Dog seen the video of the one that he was in for this letter, and like, yeah. there's no doors. You get lower down. The the yeah. yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's dark. There's no light. There's 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 nothing. I mean, you're just sitting in a pit. No blankets. No fireplace. No DSTV. No 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 satellite. No 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 Discord. You know, just just him, um, in the darkest pit. And uh, still worshiping God, still thanking Jesus Christ. And writing this letter with that energy that he has right now. Amen. <laughs> same with Philippians, man. We see the same thing. It's just, yeah. it's a beautiful, beautiful picture of someone who's who surrendered their life completely to Christ. And that's that's the Apostle Paul. He's got like Amen. nothing, nothing apart from him that he's seeking to gain apart from, I mean, what does he say? I consider everything I've learned, all the knowledge, but dung for the knowledge of Christ Jesus. You know, and, and this is this is just every day. It's a reminder. Everything else around us is but done. You know, the knowledge of Christ, that's that's what's important. Yeah. So that made me think about Philippians. Um, Philippians 4.13, right? Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is why this is a pet peeve of mine when people use this verse for like basketball games, a test, uh, <laughs> these, these, these non non faith things, right? And I'm just being honest. Like, I'm not saying that that's a, a, a bad thing, but my pet peeve is that because Paul didn't write that about accomplishing your will. He didn't write it's that busy. about yeah. you accomplishing something and you achieving something and winning an award or getting promoted. No, no, no. He was in prison for preaching the gospel. He's saying, I can get through this because this is for him and he will keep me straight. Right. Uh, uh, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those all things that Paul was talking about was God's yeah. will. Right. Not not your will. You can't do yeah. all things uh, with your will uh, unless yeah. it's what Christ wants. Uh, yeah. So. Amen. Let's, let's keep going. Let's, no, I wasn't in Kensington. Justin was. I, I did not go. Um, that way I wasn't part of that. Uh, so let's continue. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the households of Onesphorus 
for he had he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you will and you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. And that is the finishing end of chapter one. Did you want to say anything before we roll into chapter two? I mean, it's 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 just again what people don't realize about about the gospels and about Paul's epistles. These secondary names and these people that are mentioned that they seem like secondary characters. They seem irrelevant, but these are so important to the the context and the time because there were people who knew those people. And again, what we see from Paul's letters is as well with the gospels is it's eyewitnesses, people that can bear witness to what Paul is writing about. So the same way we do this. The same way I edify Mike and Mike edifies Justin. And sometimes I'll say, did you see Justin's video on X, Y, Z? Or did you see Cam's video on so-and-so? We bear witness to one another that what each of the others is saying is in fact true, is in fact from God. And again, we see Paul do this throughout his epistles where he makes mention of these secondary, these secondary characters who seem irrelevant, but they are completely relevant to the proof that the letters that were written were actually written by Paul because it bears witness to this person helping and aiding Paul. So people were like, oh, yes, okay, I know. So when people come again, and we were speaking about this briefly before before the podcast, and people say that the God, the word of God isn't preserved, that the, that the Bible's been corrupted or changed, these little secondary witnesses make it even more solidified that these the text that we are reading is in fact the letters written by Paul himself and not someone who forged the letter claiming to be Paul. So Amen. Someone asked, does an apostle lead a church like a pastor? No, apostles were not leaders of churches. They were the people that planted the churches, right? So you can kind of look at an apostle as like the chief evangelist, right? Uh, their main goal is to go out and preach the gospel, disciple people, and, and set people up to be the church. So an apostle goes to a town. He brings the gospel to 500 people. He also takes like 10 people and he disciples them or maybe 20, whatever the number might be. And he teaches them to be able to care for them as he's gone. So the apostle would have taught the first pastors and then pastors teach pastors and teach pastors, right? So a pastor, you get a, if you're going to be a pastor, you should have a pastor mentor, right? That's just common sense. Well, the very first pastors wouldn't have had those mentors. The apostles laid that foundation. They taught those pastors and, and mentored them, but that means they weren't there for one church. Now, what did some of the apostles become? Bishops, right? And what is a bishop? There are people that oversee multiple churches, but not all apostles became bishops. Um, and also, uh, uh, they, it doesn't make them a bishop automatically, right? Uh, like Peter was a fellow elder. He says it in his letter, fellow presbyter, right? We believe he was a bishop. That's true. People try and say he was the first pope. That's not, we can have that argument all, all day long somewhere else, yeah. right? He was not a supreme bishop. He was a fellow elder, as he says in his letter. Um, so Amen. we're going to start 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to let him go ahead and read um, in the KJV while I go get another bottle of water because I'm already out. I've been drinking a lot. So um, let me hop off screen. Go ahead and take over there. Um, I won't be able to scroll, so let me give you as much KJV as possible. I'll be, I'll be right back in like half a minute. So I doubt you'll need me to. All right. Sweet. So, I mean, those who come to my, my lives on TikTok know that I go through this passage quite often. Second Timothy chapter two is uh, probably, yeah, if you 
when it comes to your favorite Bible verses, I think this is my favorite Bible chapter. Um, you know, we see verse one, thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What do we always see? Throughout the epistles of Paul, we lean on the grace which we have in Christ Jesus. It's not our own understanding. I mean, we go to Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, by the mercies of Christ, that you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice and not conforming to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So there we go. Verse two, he's saying what you have heard among me from me, among many witnesses, as we just mentioned with the secondary characters, the same commit thou to faithful men. So there we see not everybody who thinks, who feels that they are called to teach is at the end of the day called to teach. Um, and, and this is, this is a, this is a big learning curve for a lot of people, not, not knowing, okay, whether or not there, there, we have to be, we have to be ready to to accept the rebuke and the exhortation from our elders. And he goes then on in verse three to say, "Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that worth entangle himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier." I mean, verse three and four is it's 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 just absolute power. There we see that soldier of Jesus Christ. So much war talk going on in in and throughout the bible but this is just such an awesome two verses because we see the same in ephesians 6 our battle is not against flesh and blood but against spiritual enemies uh, against principalities against powers against darkness and here he says again no man that worth entangling himself with the affairs of this life no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So um, I love the way it, 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 you know, where we've got the two across like this. We see everything we do when people are coming, they're scoffing, they're mocking. You're a false teacher. You're a heretic. You're that. Whatever the case may be, that's fine. Hundred percent. You carry on. You know, shaming me. I'm not. I'm not here to wage war with you. I'm not here to go back and forth with you. I'm here to please God. I'm a soldier of Christ Jesus. I'm not a soldier of, of, of man. I'm a soldier of Christ Jesus. And then he goes on in verse five to say, and if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he, yet is he uh, <clears throat> not crowned, except he strive lawfully. The husbandman that laboreth must be first a partaker of the fruits. Consider what I say. The Lord give thee understanding in all things. Who? The Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. And I love verse 9 because this confirms what we see in the prophet Isaiah 55 verse 9 and 10, that the Lord's word will accomplish exactly what, is it, what it has set out to accomplish. We don't control what what when we read the scriptures on a live, when we share the scriptures on these podcasts, the Lord is in control. He knows what this this reading will accomplish in each and every single one of you. He knows what spiritual growth you are lacking and he will bring it forth. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes 
that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. It is a faithful saying. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. I mean, we see that this is this. We can stop there and go to yeah. so many cross references where Paul says, for me to love is Christ, to die is gain. Um, you know, Philippians 2, we see that Philippians 2.20. Uh, Galatians, Galatians 2.20, where he says, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Um, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I mean, we see we see all these times Paul refers to being dead, dead in his flesh already. And what is he speaking about? He said he's, he's talking about being dead to the lusts of the flesh, being dead to the things of the world, being dead to the things that once held him captive, even being dead to the law that he once had a zeal for, that he once loved. I mean, we see this also in Philippians, being a Pharisee of Pharisee. Um, in Galatians, we see the same, you know. He, he was someone who knew God's law better than most people, um, probably better than every single Christian alive today, <laughs> if, 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 if I'm taking a bit of a leap. But when it came to God's law, Paul grew up studying God's law. He knew it well. And here he says, all of these things, all of these things um, mean nothing. The suffering um, as an evildoer by those unto his bonds, but the word of God is not bound. I mean, it, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful passage of, of scripture. I Amen. mean, and we see this again and again. So I don't in, know if you want to call it. A... Yeah, I got a couple of things I want to say. So in chapter one, remember I emphasized that he talked about trusting God for what he built, right? Or for taking over, you know, when he dies and making sure that he doesn't lose anything that God entrusted to him. Well, I want you to notice something here in chapter two. Chapter two, he really emphasizes this, this idea. And I don't know if you noticed it, right? So then he says, you know, you then, I'm not going to read it all again because JD just did, but just glancing through it. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, right? And he says that you've heard from me in the presence of others. You've seen me preaching this gospel. And he tells him, share in the suffering. And then he gets into this little part right here where he goes through five different, is five, a bunch of different comparisons. He says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him, right? Like we were saying, our goal, our purpose of life is in Christ Jesus. That's our purpose. That's our goal. We set our mind on him. People say, Mike, how do I pursue Jesus? By pursuing his will and serving him. When we see that Paul is saying this, he, we're going to see later on in the same chapter how Paul emphasizes not getting into quarrelsomes with people and arguing over stupid things. Then the very next one, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Now, people don't realize that, you know, there's a difference between someone who's saved and then the rewards that we are promised in heaven, right? Uh, I noticed JD fell out, by the way. Um, let me see what he sent me in a private message. Oh, he bared back. Um, the Bible makes it clear that in Christ we get salvation, but then also how we obey and how we follow and how, how we conduct ourselves will lead to rewards in heaven. Paul actually dives into this on second Corinthians, right? And he's telling you an athlete's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So focusing on what our goal is of what the Lord has, uh, guided us to. And then he says, is it not the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops, right? Well, when I get to the kingdom of heaven, if, I, if I'm hoping for these blessings, that first share, the, the pouring out of different um, um, 
promises, not promises, uh, uh, gifts, sorry, and rewards. Well, it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of that. And then he says, think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. And then he goes straight from there back to remembering something. He says, remember Jesus Christ risen from the dead, the offspring of David as preached in my gospel for which I am suffering. So he's like, I'm suffering for Jesus right now. He said, bound with chains as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound, right? So just because I'm stopped right now doesn't mean that this is stopped. He's passing it off to Timothy. You take this now. The word of God's not bound. I'm bound. You're not bound. Keep moving forward. And then he says, um, therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect that they may that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Pay attention here. He says that he endures everything for the sake of the elect, the elect. He's calling these people elect, meaning that they will be saved, right? They're not elect and then they won't be saved. They will be saved. But Paul says, I suffer, I endure for the sake of them because God's using me to get his elect saved. So he says, I suffer, I endure everything for the sake of them who are already in Christ, but that they haven't heard the gospel yet that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus, right? But obviously he's not saying I suffer. He doesn't say, therefore, I endure uh, all things for the sake of everybody that they also obtain. He could have said anything like that, but he chose to say the elect is who he suffers for or that he endures for. for. The elect that are going to be saved, but he's saying that we still have to go out here and do this, right? We have to preach the gospel. We have to serve because God's using us. So when people act like, the idea of predestination completely destroys any idea of evangelism, shall we say, right? Again, there's free choice, and clearly God has elect. He has things that he's predestined and foreknew. Both exist at the same time. And we see right here that Paul is saying, I endure everything for the sake of them, those that are elected. Because Paul doesn't know who they are, but he knows God's using him to reach them. Yeah, amen. You stop there, right? Yeah, verse 12, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. I mean, and this is, this is, uh, this, this little passage actually goes, this is like a, so if you actually look at the text in your Bible, normally this is like kind of separated. And when you see it separated like that, uh, let me see if I can show you guys. Let me grab my Bible let me see, so I can give you an example of what I mean. I mean, and this is, this is one way people often get tripped up, but then we go on. And he says, if we believe not yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. Again, when we speak, um, you know, Mark is, uh, you know, once saved, always saved. I'm once saved, always saved. Um, but again, this is once truly always saved, once, you know, always truly saved. So when you see your Bible do something like this, notice how at the top here, the little spot, that little spot's kind of, kind of taken out like a quote. Whenever you see that, it's either one of two things. He's either quoting something like the Old Testament or whatever, or if there's no quotation marks on it, then it's a change of style. And we believe that, for example, for this, this is something that it maybe was repeated, like kind of like a creed kind of thing um, or just a, a normal repetition that Timothy would have recognized here. Right. So he's yeah. saying all this and then he just throws this out there, something that he's probably said to Timothy before, like a little saying that they, you know, excuse me. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Like uh, uh, something that they may have repeated, right? They might have prayed and, and repeated this to remind ourselves, remind them of this. But notice people take this out of context, like JD said. 
This saying is trustworthy for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. So it's saying if you died with him, you will live with him. The very next one says if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. This isn't saying we, the ones that have died with him and live with him, will deny us. I believe that this is saying we, again, as a, as a plural of all people. So if we, like if I walked into a room with a thousand people who were saved and a thousand people unsaved, if I said, if we live, for, if we die for Christ, we will live for Christ. But if we deny him, he will deny us, right? I could be saying that and it'd be true for the people that are in him and true for the people that are not in him as far as the denying part. It's not him saying, all right, believers, this saying is trustworthy. If we deny him, he denies us. We can lose our salvation. Because as J.D. points out, the very next verse says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. So this is back on the believer. For he yeah. cannot deny himself. Christ is in you. If he's in you, then he can't deny himself as it started yeah. with. Uh, exactly. Uh, if we have died with him, then we also live with him. He don't deny himself. Exactly. I mean, and this goes back to what he says to us in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. And on the day that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance. I mean, and and we we you cannot be sealed. I mean, and, and this is again when I know I know my brother Cam loves doing this because he's busy with church history on 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 TikTok. But if we go and look at a seal in those days, if something was sealed by Caesar, if something and this is how they understood it, if something was sealed, if, if something was declared law and it was sealed by by Caesar, there was no overthrowing that. There was no way that seal would become undone. It cannot be undone. And, and we see this, uh, Paul, using this reference, the, the seal, and we see it also later on. We will see this in, in, in this very chapter where Paul mentions it again, where he says, the Lord knows them that are his. Um, and we, we're going to get we're going to get there um, very soon. We're going to get there very soon. But if we believe not, he abides faithful. He cannot deny himself. Verse 14 of these things, put them in remembrance so this is why we remind our brothers and sisters in Christ all the time, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. This is why we don't, people are like, why don't you have debates on your channel, JD? Why don't you have debates with atheists? Why don't you debate Muslims? This is why I don't debate because of this instruction, because of this instruction, words to no profit. Some people come up. Some people come up into the box with trolls. They are just saying things. They've already made up their mind what they believe. They don't want the truth. Some people, doesn't matter how much evidence we present them. doesn't matter how many times we pre present them with the truth. They will still reject the truth because of their own hardened hearts. Amen. Not because it's not true. And again, the truth doesn't become any less true because of someone's inability to believe it. We, we know the truth. We speak the truth. And this is what Paul says. We do not go on and babble and go look at genealogies and dive into this and go into the church history is great. I love church history. And, and as I said, go follow Cam on TikTok and he's busy with that study on his lives. It's, 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 it's beautiful to know the, the history of the church. But then the next verse, he goes on to say, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, that needeth, there's that thing again, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, and the ESV says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, 
a worker that has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And again, the Greek word yes is, is only mentioned in this chapter. We only see it in 2 Timothy 2.15 throughout the New Testament. Orthotomio, orthotomio, that rightly dividing, correctly handling. And what this means in its deepest sense is to cut straight, to cut straight, to accurately preach and to correctly handle the word of God. So those that come with, with crazy genealogies and those that say Jesus wasn't the son of God and Jesus isn't his name and you still have to do this and you still have to do that. These are all, these are all people that have not studied to show themselves approved unto God. They haven't seen the scriptures. Why? Because they are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And that ultimately what it comes down. There we see it there. Ashamed rightly. Orthotomio. Orthotomio is, is one of the, like I say, the only time we see this Greek phrase used in the New Testament. We don't see it any other place in scripture. So Paul is saying to Timothy, understand the word of God, rightly divide the word of God, preach the grace of Jesus Christ, not the law by which we once lived. And we and we see that he, he goes on in the very next verse by saying, shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto what? More ungodliness. And I mean, and, and I love the, the ESV, uh, but avoid irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more ungodliness. And this is what we see on TikTok. First, it's a video back and forth. But then it gets heated, and then eventually you've got two Christians going at one another about who's more right. And, and this, is, this is ultimately why I like the way Mike does his video replies, because he's not replying to other Christians. Majority of the time, he's, he's replying to atheists and, and, and those questions that, that – and I love the way you do it, brother, and I must commend you on this – is by saying, I'm not replying to this comment, but this is a teaching moment. And that's ultimately what we are to do. Like, and, and, and you've done that on so many videos. And ultimately, that's what we are to do. If you've got a comment that you're replying to, address it that way. Like, I'm not really concerned about this person because this person's already made up their mind. But this is a perfect moment for everybody to come in and learn about what this person is saying. So this is how we equip our brothers and sisters in Christ in apologetics. In apologetics. Man, I, I need some of y'all to really hear the rest of this passage because... It hurts me that if I am going back and forth with an atheist that I feel like I'm getting ground on, I'll look in the comment section and I got ignorant Christians talking like, you're going to hell. Oh, you're so stupid. And it's like, that's why my conversation with her is going the way it's going because you're in, I blocked a Christian today because this girl that I told you about that says she didn't believe in the resurrection. Like granted, she probably it doesn't even care, right? But I'm trying to reach her by being loving and kind saying, hey, I would love to have a private conversation with you. This video stuff back and forth, it ain't going to work, right? Because we're just going to be going back and forth. But while I'm doing this in the comment section, this person's like, yeah, enjoy your way to hell because you're just being stupid and this like just negative. And it's like, or what do you think is going to happen? You think she's going to be like, you know what? You're right. Like it, it, it affects so much. When I, I talk to people all the time that look at Christians as hateful. And like I get it why they believe that. And if you're listening to this as an atheist, like I'd love to have a conversation with you because that hateful stuff is ridiculous. Like I will block you. I don't care if you follow me, you share my stuff, you repost it. If you are a hateful person in the comments to atheists or Muslims, like I'll block you in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
because I don't yeah. need that on my page. People are like, oh, you only block people that have a different view than you. No, I block trolls and disrespectful people, regardless what you call yourself. I block Christians in a heartbeat because I don't need you over here being disrespectful to people and, and giving Christianity a bad name in my comment section. Go do that somewhere else. But it's, it's a shame because they are out there and they are they're setting back the gospel that we're trying to preach to people. Because these I mean, and that's cleared up right now. I mean, and we see this, and he he can he can he he, he confirms this when he says, um, and their word will eat as doth a canker, and and the canker here is not like cancer, but they like the the it's a flesh eating disease, as we see in the ESV, that will spread like gangrene, um, of whom Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, so they they know the truth but they have erred from the truth saying that the resurrection is past already and they over overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. There we go. Having this seal, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So there we see a two parts. Yes, you are sealed. Yes, you are saved. You cannot lose your salvation. But because you're a Christian and you've named the name of Christ, depart from iniquity. That's what Paul is saying. Because you're a Christian and you see these other brothers in the faith who have departed from the truth, they have erred from the truth, they have gone sideways from the truth, let us not be like them. Let us depart from iniquity and let us not add to the gospel or remove from the gospel. So important. So so important. Wanted, Second um, Timothy chapter two, man. I want to I want to do something here real quick. Oops. Let's go ahead and take this. Put that right there. Oh, is it not going to put a, a highlight right there? Is it tripping right now? Don't do that. <laughs> I want to do something right now. Regardless, though, let's go to. I want to go to Matthew seven. I just talked about this. I just made a video about this recently, and this is another great. I wish I would have known this. It says this right here. Because it would have been great to add to that video. If anybody saw that, you know exactly what I'm talking about, where I talk about the uh, uh, I never knew you line. Well, this is something interesting, how these two kind of go hand in hand together, if you really look at it. 721, Matthew 721 says what? Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And here's the part. And do mighty works in your name. And then, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, workers of lawlessness or workers of iniquity. Well, Paul just said. The Lord knows. The Lord knows who, those who are his and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. So instead of saying depart from me, you workers of iniquity to the people he doesn't know, the people that know him depart iniquity. So it's an interesting thing here. That these kind of go hand in hand. So the Lord knows who are his. I never knew you. Knows who are his and never knew you. So this idea that Matthew 7, 21 is talking to people who fell away from the faith. And Jesus is telling people about those that will fall away. Will have the Holy Spirit, lose the Holy Spirit and, and whatnot. No, 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 no. Because it says, the, girt, the uh, but God's firm foundation stands bearing his seal. Let's, oh my goodness. Paul, let's go with Paul again. Let's go with Paul again. Hold on. I'm sorry, JD. I'm sorry. First Corinthians yeah. uh, 3. So Paul also says his firm foundation stands. Okay. In First Corinthians 3, it says, 
for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Nobody can remove that foundation, right? So we go back over where we're at. So the so God's firm foundation stands, right? So he's saying Amen. nobody can remove it. Bearing this seal. Hold up now. Where's the seal at? Is it Colossians or well, Second Ephesians, Ephesians 1? It's all uh, over the place. I know that. Second Corinthians also has it, I believe, right? Um, yeah, Ephesians 1.13. Okay, yeah, we can go there. Wait, I could have swore it was here. Now it's making me upset. <laughs> ah, come on, I know you in here somewhere. I guess it's, it's I know it's in there, but I'm not gonna sit here and look for it. Um, we'll go to first first Ephesians, yeah, Ephesians one. You said right? Yeah, Ephesians one thirteen. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed. So that seal, let's see if we get, because um, this is a different version. Um, let me link these real quick. Uh, it took me away when I did that. Ephesians 1. 13. Sealed. Yeah, there it is. We're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So that is the seal and thus closed for guardianship or protection, the mark with the impress of the signet ring. Um, so right there, you see that word? Let me scroll down uh, to my dictionary that I have linked now. Oopsies. So that seal right there is this seal. The seal that is closed for guardianship or protection. And it says mark with the impress of the signet ring. So this isn't like, like JD mentioned earlier, right? So this is a, a serious seal. Nobody's removing this. So if yeah. you want to see a text that talks about once they always say, look at everything Paul now just said. Let's really look at everything Paul just said in one little passage. That's why I had to stop for a second. Oops. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Again, it's 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 uh, we're not we're not kicking up against, and this is the problem. People think that that one saved always saved doctrine is 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 we're kicking up against doing good works. We're kicking up against, uh, you know, uh, perseverance. We're kicking up against picking up your cross. That's not what we say. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work through us. The Holy Spirit is the one who works through us. The Holy Spirit guides our steps. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us as we walk following Christ. But again, we see the commitment from our sides. There where Paul constantly makes it so clear throughout his epistles that everyone who names the name of Christ is to depart from iniquity. This is why Christians don't go to the nightclub on a Friday night. Married men don't go and have affairs and, and mess around with, with their wife's best friends. This is, we who name Christ have got the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We walk according to the will of God because the Holy Spirit of God dwells within us, who has sealed us. No true Christian can walk opposing, no true Christian can walk opposing to what God has already ordained. This is what we say. God knows those who are his. Simple. That. In one, I love that. That might be a, a favorite, a new favorite verse. I gotta uh, add to my collection of verses. But just God's firm foundation stands untouchable, bearing yeah. this seal, untouchable. The Lord knows who's those who are His. It's not never new. It's knows. And then yeah. what? And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. 
So we're not called to, 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 to be in darkness. We're called to walk in the light. Once saved, always saved. Not permission to sin. We follow the Lord. Lock it in. And yeah. then it rolls into, as we recently just read on this podcast that I think is really what triggered us to come over here, is my favorite passage. We've kind of broken this down several times, so we'll go through this real quick. Um, now, in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. And, and a good way I tell people to picture this, uh, because again, we have, our houses are different, right? So Paul writing this, people back then understood exactly what he's saying, but you, you might not. So I'm going to say this way. In your house, you have paper plates. You've got nice plates, the nice china, um, some yeah. for common use, some for special use, right? If someone comes to your house and they're a, a common person, you're not really trying to impress them. It's just a friend or whatever. You're going to pull out the paper plate, right? It's not, a, you don't need this excessively nice plate. But if you're trying to impress someone, you would pull out the china, right? So these two things in the master's house, right? Some of wood, some of clay. Um, I mean, some of gold and silver, some of wood and clay. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So again, Paul here is saying that in the master's house, which if you don't know this, in the Bible, the master's house is always the kingdom of heaven, God's house. This is, Jesus said, I go to, the, you know, to my father's house to prepare a room for you. In my kingdom, there are many mansions, etc., etc. right? So this is the kingdom of heaven. This is with God. He's telling you, not all Christians are vessels of honorable use, the golden vessels, right? And, and this goes back to what me and him were just talking about at the beginning of this chapter. So he starts off saying that, you know, there's rewards in heaven and seeking these things. The racer runs for a crown and, you know, the soldier's not worried about what he's not called to do. He's worried about what he's called to do, right? This is what Paul starts with. And he ends by saying there's vessels for dishonorable use in the kingdom of heaven and the vessels for honorable use. So common and, and special. And if you want to be that special vessel, if you want God to look at you and say he's ready for every good work, then do these things. Cleanse yourself. So it's a command by Paul to cleanse yourself, not to be saved, but to honor God so that you are called to be used. And then he says what? What does he say? So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish ignorant controversies, you know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snares of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. And I love that right now, especially because as I was just talking about, I've been trying to have this conversation with this atheist, or actually she's a deconstructed atheist. And my goal isn't to win the conversation. It's to show her love and just answer her questions with truth. It sounds like you didn't truly understand the gospel when you were a Christian. Here's the gospel. And, and then I told you people are in the comment section being disrespectful. I'm called to be gentle because God may grant her repentance. God may pull on her heart again. God may say, come home, and she might turn to repentance because God might do that. But I am the one who plants and I water. 
So I have to plant and water and not throw weeds up. I have to be helping the kingdom here, helping God in what he calls me to do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you, you, you just, you just touched on that, but we, we cannot, and we see it all the time on TikTok. See it all the time on TikTok. I haven't been live on TikTok in, in a while. Um, and I've just, and I said to Mike earlier, I've just been, I've just been busy with the deep exegesis of, of, of Jesus's parables in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Ultimately, what we see in the nature of Christ is even when 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 Jesus was healing, when Jesus was 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 preaching to the Pharisees, when Jesus was rebuking everything Jesus did, he did with an affection and the end goal being of the hearers being subverted to the truth. Jesus didn't try and make a point. And we see this when he's standing in front of Pontius Pilate. We see this when he's being persecuted by the Pharisees, when they're ripping their clothes. Why did they crucify Jesus Christ? Because he claimed to be God. That's the bottom line. People can go this way and that way about it. But Jesus Christ was put on the cross because he claimed to be God. That's it. That's the be all and the end all. There was nothing more and nothing less. That's the bottom line. And this is what Paul is saying. Anyone who knows that Jesus Christ is God and follows Jesus Christ as God will be persecuted. So don't even get into conversations that, that go contrary to what we have been taught. And I mean, here we go. Chapter three. Mm. Lots of bombs here. Lots of bombs here. Are you going to carry on reading, bro? Or do you want me to? No, you got it. You got it. I'm about to drink some water. I told you I'm super dehydrated. <laughs> Okay, so here we go. And then this is this is where it gets this is where it gets this is where it gets interesting. Second Timothy chapter three. And and everybody that knows me, I, I I've I've said this again and again and again. Spend a lot of time in Second Timothy chapter three because this is where we're at. And 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 we see that even those, and we've 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 spoken the last days when we see when we see this, he says, Know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The last days have been 2,000 years long, man. <laughs> and if you go listen to many teachings, and I, I always use the the Holocaust as a as a as a example of this. Those Christians, they thought, okay, well, this is definitely it. This is the time. Um, Mr. Adolf over here has to be the Antichrist, and we see this. So he says. For the, in the last days, perilous times will come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. And, and these First five verses in Second Timothy chapter three carry extreme weight oh, because man. that's all we see. The, having we see. the appearance of godliness is one that I really want to cling on, right? Because yeah. you have to understand there are going to be people that appear as uh, what was the I, I don't know if you saw this JD. Um, I should have saved that video. There's a guy that calls himself an archbishop. He's got Jesus stuff yeah. behind him. He's dressed as a bishop, and I, I caught his live the other day. My video. 
Man, yes. I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't hit end recording because after I ended the recording, he really went in on the word of God even worse. Like it's not the word that's not the word of God, and don't yeah. listen to the Bible. But that all started because someone said, "Hey, what you're saying isn't what the Bible says." And he said, "Don't listen to the Bible. Listen to Christ, right? Because Christ is talking today," which blows my mind because it's like you wouldn't even know who Christ is if it wasn't for the Bible. It cracks me up when people who believe in Jesus don't believe in the Bible. You only get Jesus from the Bible. That's the earliest writings about Jesus. If Jesus is not in the Bible, Islam doesn't talk about Jesus because Islam stole from the Bible, right? If, if Jesus isn't in the Bible, Islam doesn't have Jesus. Uh, Buddhists don't talk about Jesus. Uh, uh, Jews don't talk about Jesus. Uh, nobody talks about Jesus unless Jesus is written about in the Bible. So for you to sit here and say you believe in someone but don't believe in what you learned him learned about it's like you saw this idea of a jesus and you're like ah, i like the idea of what you're selling me here but i don't like what you're presenting in the bible so i'm gonna say this is fake and i'm gonna tell people who jesus really is like that's what they're doing it's like me reading a batman comic and be like i love this idea a guy who dresses up as a bat but i don't like how they're really doing it so batman is actually a, a mediocre part-time worker at mcdonald's and what he does is he uses uh, you know, Bitcoin to fund his operation and this is snake. Like, that's not Batman. Well, you know, Batman's not really in the comics. You know, just, Batman's in my mind. You know, I just, I create my yeah. own Batman. That's what they do. They appear as godliness. They they act like they believe in Jesus. They walk and they talk like that. That's why I tell people all the time also, Satan is a great marketing genius. He's got a lot of people bid into the fact that he's going to have horns and red skin, or he's this suave, evil guy. He's always evil, evil, evil. Like, you just know the evil is lurking. But Satan is wise. That's why Jesus also tells us to be what? Gentle as does, but wise as serpents. We have to understand something that Satan is not stupid. He is out there preaching Jesus because people yeah. think, let me tell you this right, right now. You don't need to, unlike Jesus, you don't actually have to worship Satan to be following Satan, right? You you follow Jesus, you worship Jesus because he is the one true God. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. But for Satan, he just needs you to not be focused on Jesus, which means he can sell you a fake Jesus. He can sell you a counterfeit Jesus. That's why the Antichrist is the main thing we're worried about in the book of Revelation because he will mislead many because they're looking for a Jesus, a version of Jesus that they want. Um, it's the Antichrist spirit as well that is a, is a serious enemy. We need to understand that. So Satan, look, in the Marine Corps, when we would fire our rifles at 500 meters, you only need to be off by a millimeter for your bullet to hit off target by inches, right? Because over a course of distance, a slight variation in direction can have you off a big distance. Same thing with hiking. Anybody that's been hiking, if you have an azimuth and you set it wrong and you take one step too much to the right, you can end up miles away from your location. Satan just needs you to take your aim and slightly aim a little bit to the left. He's not just a liar. He's a deceiver, right? This shirt right here, if I told you it was yellow, you all would be like, Mike, you're a liar. I'm not stupid. But if I told you all this is a charcoal navy shirt, You'd be like, oh, maybe the quality on the laptop's not that good. Maybe it's faded. I, I, I guess he could be right. Deceive you into something that looks true. Hey, no, you don't. Hey, you you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. You got to do, you know, you, you're safe to do it. God's inside of you. You don't got to listen to the Bible. Did, did God really say that? No, 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 brothers and sisters. Jesus said that you got to do this. Oh, you got to work your way. You got to confess your sins every day. If you don't every day, then when you die, if you forgot to confess it, they just need you to focus on self instead of Jesus. So they make Satan just wants you to go from trusting Jesus 100% to 95% and put 5% trust in yourself. They appear as godliness. They're shady. They're shysters. They're charlatans. 
be very careful is what he's warning Timothy, Amen. final letter before he dies. Amen. And, and, and just to, you know, just to, to add on to that, we, we see him go in, you know, we, if we go back to chapter one, we see him say, where he talks about Philetus and Hymenaeus who have erred from the truth, who have said the resurrection has passed already. This same, this same bishop who, who Michael, you know, had, a, you know, put a video up on says, you know, we, we don't trust the Bible. The Bible was written by men. Um, we we see what Jesus was trying to say, and we've learned, and that this and and this is exactly it. Um, the moment we go away from the gospel, the moment we start adding to the gospel, the moment we start taking away from the gospel, that's having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. The power of the gospel is that it saves to eternal life. We're not playing games here. We're talking about people's eternity. This is eternal security in Christ Jesus. If Amen. people are preaching something other than that, they have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. We are saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's it. Amen. And we stand on the truth that God's word is infallible, inerrant, and is completely, he is completely capable of preserving his word just as he said he would. We stand on that truth. Amen. 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 And then it says what? Um, let me see. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sin and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of the truth. I love this one. These are the people that are prideful in their own knowledge. They're always learning, right? These people that are diving everywhere because I can understand everything. I can ever understand everything. And because they put so much emphasis in their own knowledge, in their own ability to study, their own ability to find revelation, they therefore have overlooked the truth, right? We see this in people that turn legalistic when it comes to uh, their doctrine. They're always learning, but yet they keep missing the point. Because the point isn't as deep as people think it is, and you can dig right past it. The point is that we put our our trust and faith in Jesus because he saves because we're not capable of it. But people go right past that and they want to know every little nook and cranny of the scriptures so that they can be like, oh, well, if you don't understand this, then you're not saved. Oh, you believe in that eschatology? You're not saved. Oh, you believe in this, this and that? You're not saved. They they go past what matters. And they, again, yeah. Romans 1 says, trying to become wise, they have become fools. Just Amen. as Janice and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oops, opposed the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. Disqualified. Don't even you don't even deserve the respect of the argument. So don't be quarrelsome, right? But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teachings, my conduct, my aim in life. My faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness. So now he switches to Timothy, right? Well, he's been talking to Timothy, but he's warning Timothy of these people. He's talking about these people. And then he switches to Timothy. You, however, right? He's saying these people won't go far. They're, when The truth always comes out. They're going to fail. I mean, yes, they're going to mislead some, but they won't go far. They're not going to destroy Christianity. That's not going to happen. The word will come out. You, however, my my friend here, have followed my teaching. So Timothy has learned from Paul, followed his conduct, right? My conduct. Notice that his conduct plays a major part. My conduct, my aim in life, right? My, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, 
which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Let me see. JD, let's repeat that a couple more times. All who desire to live a godly life of Christ Jesus will be persecuted. There's no maybe. There's no ifs. Like I don't, I don't want to indulge in what's known as a persecution complex, right? So you don't go looking for persecution. And there are some yeah. Christians out there that yeah. really want to be persecuted. They want to do. They they want it to happen on camera also, or somewhere they could screenshot because they want to show other Christians. Look at me being persecuted. There's people that really want that. Don't yeah. do that. That's terrible. Don't look for persecution. Yeah. However. It's misleading yeah. because ultimately you don't go looking for a fight. Again, going back to what you quoted earlier, being being like serpents, being like doves, you know, we don't run in head first looking for an argument, looking for a fight and saying, Oh, look, I'm being persecuted for my faith. That's not being persecuted for your faith. That's being that's being an idiot. Um, there's no other way to put it because ultimately the persecutions will come. You stand steadfast, you preach the word of God, you preach the gospel, the persecutions will come. It's, it's guaranteed, but so that's why I say it. One of the important things to realize here is the level of those persecutions is going to depend a lot about where you live also, right? So yeah. here in America, there's different types of persecutions you're going to face. But if you've been a Christian for five, 10 years, and you've never had anybody say anything, like you've never felt any pushback. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm saying is maybe you're not being vocal enough about it. Maybe you're not sharing it. Right. And if you are sharing the gospel and you've never faced any pushback, opposition, hate or anything, then maybe you're not telling the whole story. Maybe you're leaving things out because I can tell you right now, you could preach Jesus without persecution. You want to know how the prosperity Jesus. Jesus loves yeah. you. He wants you to be great. He wants you to do this, blah, 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 blah. And nobody's yeah. going to push back. You will get pushback from fellow Christians. That that, And if you're only pushback for you listening, if, if the only people you ever get pushback from is fellow Christians, maybe something you're saying is wrong, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just being honest with you. If all you ever have is fellow Christians being like, yo, bro, what's going on with you? Heck, if atheists defend you like that Dan McMillan guy who's got atheists who defend him, maybe you need to be careful with what you're preaching. Yeah. All people who desire to live godly lives, not just even preaching, right? Live godly lives, meaning that you stand on the values of the Bible. That means you might never preach the gospel ever, right? You might just be the kind of guy who works hard. You share the gospel with close friends and your life shines that light that leads people to Christ, but you're not an evangelist. But if you desire to live a godly life, you're going to face some, some stuff. What's going to happen? Maybe your job's going to force you to make a decision where you lose your job over your faith, or maybe you lose a friend over your faith, or maybe, uh, you know, something, something happens, right? But it's going to happen. Be prepared for it and understand it. And it says, while evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Yeah. Amen. But as for you, and here's the, here's again, final message, Paul's about to die. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And I just want to really show you a couple words in there that matter. Acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make 
make you wise for salvation, right? So what is this uh, word here in Greek? This is sophisai, sophisai. Ah. Oh, why is my bottom one not updating? Hold on. There we go. Let's go back up. Oh, my Greek New Testament is not updating. I need to add it, add it again. I saw it, guys. I saw it. Okay. It should work now. Uh, I don't know why it's not doing it. It's acting like a jerk right now. But, okay, so wise for salvation through faith in Jesus, profitable. So this word right here, breathed by God, theonostos. Oh, now it does it. So this is a word that's only found in the Bible one time. Paul uses this specifically for this situation. It means God breathed. It's not Greek like the word God and the word breathed. And then he says back, both back to back, right? No, it's one word describing a special thing that nothing else is. There is nothing else on this planet that is theanostas. Only one thing is theanostas, and that is scriptures. So that means nothing is equal to scriptures. Nothing is like scriptures when it comes to what scripture is, right? If someone says, oh, my church has the authority that God has. So your church is God breathed. The words that come out of your church is God breathed. Oh, oh, your revelation is God breathed. This is God breathed revelation. And what does it say? The word of God is capable of making the man of God um, complete. This word complete here also means perfect. If you guys can see that on screen. Yeah. Maybe I need to make it a little bit bigger. Make it a little bit bigger for you guys to see. So that word right here, artios, is perfect, right? So the word of God is capable of making you it. Now, are you going to get there in your flesh? No, you won't make it there, but it's capable. The word of God is capable of making you perfect. So that means when people say, why are you sola scriptura? If I have a manual that literally can give me 100% completion, all my gamers out there, right? What's your goal on a game? You want 100% it, right? If you really like the game, you want 100% it. What is there to do after you 100% it? There's nothing. You've 100%ed it, right? You've hit everything, yeah. every achievement, every task, everything. The Bible is capable of giving you a 100% efficiency. When you die, if you if when we died, it was like a video game. Something came up on screen and it tallied up how well you did. And it's like, JD, A+, plus, uh, 93% efficient, right? The Bible is capable of getting you 100%. So if someone yeah. tells me there's things beyond this that I need, does it get me to 105%? Can I go beyond complete? Can I go beyond perfect? If my life is a puzzle and I complete it, what pieces are you offering me? If my life is a cup and I fill it and the Holy Spirit fills it, the Bible fills it to the brim, what more can you pour into me? Anybody yeah. that says the word of God is not sufficient for salvation, is not everything you need, well, then this verse becomes a lie. Now, someone might say, well, Paul's not talking about the New Testament right here, so what do you got to say about that? And if someone says that to you, I want you to look them in the eyes and say, you're right, because the New Testament brings nothing new that the Old Testament hasn't already spoken about when it comes to salvation, when it comes to making the man of God complete. I can get it all from the Old Testament. The New Testament just makes the Old Testament much clearer because Paul expounds on things from the Old Testament. The Gospels expound on things that Jesus constantly is saying, this is why it was written. This is why I'm fulfilling it. Literally says it in Luke 24 when he raises from the grave. He says, don't you know all these things had to be fulfilled in order for um, 
the Christ to come to be glorified. So the scriptures are what matters above everything, capable of making the man of God complete. And in his final message, Paul tells Timothy, that's where you need to trust. Hey, here's all this bad stuff that's going to come and all these people that don't know what they're talking about and all these evil people. But you stay in this. Go ahead, JD. I, I took this. I, took I mean, I, I just want to touch on that as well, you know, and, and that was something that, you know, I also I got a lot of objections, a lot of kickback to that, you know, when when Paul Pascarafe, which is the scriptures, which Paul is referring to. But then we see something interesting in first Peter when when uh, or second Peter three, where Peter says to says to the readers that, um, you know, Paul's writings um, that there are some that take Paul's writings and twist Paul's writings as they do with the other scriptures. So after digging into this a little bit deeper, we see that the apostles, James, John, Peter, considered Paul's epistles written to the churches scripture. They considered it scripture even at that time. They considered Paul's letters to be scripture because Peter literally says, do not be like those who twist the writings of Paul as they do with the other scriptures. So he's adding them in the same bracket, adding them in the same bracket, saying, do not be like them as they do with the other scriptures to what? To their own destruction, to their own destruction. So we already see that Peter completely affirms Paul. Paul completely affirms Peter and, and vice versa. There is complete harmony, complete agreement with what was written to the churches and everything that Paul had written to the churches was confirmed by the other apostles as well as the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we know from Paul's conversion story in Acts chapter 9 that Paul had his encounter with Jesus Christ directly. When he opens up Galatians, his very first epistle, he says, I did not receive this revelation from the other apostles. I received these words from Christ Jesus himself. So again, based on what Paul had already conferred with James and Peter and John at the Council of Jerusalem in Acts 15, we see when we go and we fully exegete these texts that, that Peter and Paul both completely understood what Christ was doing through each of them, where their strengths lied, and what Paul's mission was in, in, in order to get the gospel of the grace of God out there so that people could understand the full counsel of what Jesus Christ said. And, and this is what Paul expounds on. Paul expounds on the words of Jesus Christ by saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ or follow me as I follow Christ. This is, and a lot of people will take that out of context and say, well, we follow Paul. No, we still follow Christ. Paul can't save us. Okay, you know, a lot of people, this is why Paul goes on and says, were you baptized in the name of Paul? Were you baptized in the name of Barnabas? Were, were you, was it Apollos? No, it's, it's always going to be Jesus. It'll never stop being Jesus. It was always about Jesus. It will continue to be about Jesus. And again, we go back to the scripture we just read, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. It's all about Jesus. Every single bit of scripture is about Jesus from Genesis through Revelation. It's about Christ. And, and that's where we lean and that's where we stay. So it's, it's, it's imperative, imperative that we do not, that we do not get swayed by people that say, yes, but that, and these objections are just silly. That's ultimately what they are. They're ignorant and unlearned. Amen. That's what we're down to. 
And it looks like we can finish this chapter. I want to go, I mean, we can finish the, uh, this book because the fourth chapter isn't, at, I mean, I feel like we can get through it because, uh, you know, he gets to his end and he starts just closing it. And then we can kind of summarize what we talked about tonight. Um, but so I want to dive into chapter four. He then, after, so let's just summarize up to this point, actually, right? He opens it up talking about, you know, uh, fan that flame of the Holy Spirit. That Like he's trying to build him up saying, hey, get ready to run this race, right? Get ready to do these things. In chapter two, he talks about what he went through and, and, and about the rewards and, and really serving God's purposes and what his purposes are. And then turns to Timothy. And again, he's he's giving him this push, like you're gonna go do this. And then chapter three, he warns him of his opposition, of what he's going to face against and, and the promise of persecution. And then says that, lean on the word of God. I'm going away. I won't be here anymore. Remember what I taught you. Remember my conduct, my steadfastness. Remember everything about me. And then don't forget to lean on these scriptures. Lean on the scriptures. They are what you trust in. They get. They have everything you need to be successful in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he goes to chapter four. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. I kind of got to stop there for a minute. Preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort, right? And with patient, with complete patience and teaching, a, a huge one right there. A lot of people love to read the word and then spit it back at people, but don't demonstrate patience and teaching, right? We, we, we want, notice it says reprove, rebuke, and exhort. So those are the three things. So the complete patience and teaching isn't a, an option. It's one, I mean, an, a, an optional choice out of all these. He's saying you do all of these with complete patience and teaching. So if I have to reprove somebody, I do it with complete patience and training of teaching. If I have to rebuke somebody, I do it with complete patience and teaching. If I have to exhort, I do it with complete patience and teaching. Because a time is coming where people are going to turn to what they want to hear. It's like that one atheist chick, I am Bill. People love to tag her in my videos. I think I blocked her because I was annoyed at her. But the point is, her her videos are so anti-Christian and hateful, but they're not based in any truth. It's really just what she wants to say, but people love it because it's what they want. They want someone who says these things. They want someone who stands against God. They want someone that tells them all this stuff that benefits them. Just like these false... Uh, uh, Christians out here that are preaching the false Jesus that just gives rewards and blessings. Oh, look at my hand. If you look at my hand for five seconds, you're going to get healing and financial blessings right now. I mean, I watched a video once on TikTok. I came across it of this girl singing in tongues, right? Just singing like that, right? And the comments were full of people saying, I received this blessing, but here's what they were all saying. I received this blessing, the breakthrough financially. I received financial blessing, financial blessing, financial blessing. All these people are pretending to be pursuing Jesus, but really they want that money. The, the, the God is money. Their God is money. And there's a lot of Christians out here today, in the, especially in this country, that are serving the God of money, worshiping the God of money, but they call him Jesus. Jesus, the yeah. God of money. 
100% because they say Jesus, but it's all about financial blessings, financial security, financial comfort. Yeah. Jesus wants me to be comfortable. He loves me. He wants me to have this. Hey, 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 if Jesus gave me the opportunity to make this money and have this money, then, then I get to use it on me, 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 and me. And we all fall into it a little bit sometimes. It's not just that person we're pointing at. I've fallen into it because we live in America where we have a surplus of stuff. We have a surplus of things. This ain't just preachers. We can focus on them too, Joshua. Don't get me wrong, but they're not the ones listening to me. I want my brothers and sisters to hear this. The, the normal everyday Christian, we have small moments of idolatry of our own money. We do. And I've done it many times where I've caught myself like, man, come on, Mike. What are you doing, man? This money ain't nothing. What are you doing? Yeah. We live in abundance in America, bro. We got money here. People don't realize this. In other countries, man, they... they I, JD, is your what would your is your country considered a first world? It's not considered a first world, right? No, South I mean, it's, uh, we're 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 a third world country, but yeah, we see it. We see it all. We you know, yeah, the prosperity gospel is probably worse. It's probably yeah, worse than offering it. you guys something that they really want, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you've got people. We we had a pastor the other day have his congregation run outside and eat grass, telling them that it was manna that fell from heaven. And we've got an That's entire crazy. church of two thousand people running around outside eating the grass you outside chance, the church. Do you by any chance know the average income over there compared to like or like a, compared to American dollars? Uh, probably, probably around five hundred dollars a month. Well, how much is my dollar worth to you, to you? If I gave you a dollar, what would that become? 18 rand. Ah, eight, that, that tells you. That's the answer, which is crazy because yeah. when I was in Honduras, $1 was 14 uh, limpera. No, it's 24. 24 limpera, I think it's called. But um, And it shows you how like you know broke that country is when $1 yeah. can become multiplied 14 times. So $1 is $14 for you. So that means for you to get some milk, you're spending like $50, right? Yeah, it's 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 crazy, bro. I mean, we yeah, we our milk here is forty bucks. So, yeah. um, but again, it's 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 all relative, and yeah, we see the same problem. We see the same problem. Everybody that majority of the churches that are packed on a Sunday are those that are promising health, wealth, and prosperity, and ultimately. Yeah. It's 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 taken away. What does Paul say in one Corinthians three? We went through this just the other day. You know, I, I know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. That's the gospel. Um, it's, it's, it's not about what you can gain. And you said it, exactly. you know, these these Jesus said it himself. You're either going to serve mammon or you're going to serve him. You cannot have two masters. You cannot you cannot serve both money and God. You you got to make you got to. That's it. Yeah, and, and and when you think about that, how many countries I forget the exact number on the statistic, but everybody in America, no matter how broke you are, we're in the top one percent. I know that for a fact. That means even if you're homeless in America, you most likely still have more wealth uh than a lot of the other countries like poor people, right? If you're comparing to yeah. your same class, obviously there's rich people in other countries. That's true. But yeah. regardless, as far as the worldwide population goes, America, we are the 1% of the world. So we are rich. Like whether whether you want to admit it or not, if you can choose what you want to eat every day, like you actually choose. Like today I want spaghetti and I'm going to get spaghetti. Tomorrow yeah. I want Chinese food and I'm going to get Chinese food. If you choose all three of your meals down to the T, you are rich in this world. And it's yeah. important for you to understand that because, man, we, we can definitely turn money into our God here. And here's how you do it. Not by worshiping it the way you think, but when you refuse to give it up for the greater good, when, when you refuse to part with it, what does John say in first John chapter three? He said, um, 
If you have the goods of the world and see your brother in need and give him nothing, how does the love of God abide in you? Yeah. That means if I have it. So if I walk past my brother in Christ who's starving tomorrow and I have the extra money to buy him some food and I choose, you know what? Nah, I'm good. I'm not going to give him anything. I, he doesn't need anything. I'll pray for him. Yeah. That's on me. Now, granted, no one's sitting there saying that we have to, we have to do these to be saved. But man, if you're not getting the heartstrings pulled, if you if the spirit's not pulling on your heart every time you see someone in need, now you might not be able to stop every time. And maybe you grieve the spirit sometimes. But right now, I want to focus on do you feel that heartstring? I hope so. I hope so. Because mm-hmm. I can't help it. When I see someone in need, I, I I want to help. Now, do I always do it? Nope. And that's 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 something between me and God that we need to talk that I need to get situated. But I try to, and, and we need to be looking for the love of God abiding in us because you don't want the love of money. Like, like JD said, you can only yeah. love one of the two. So you should yeah. want to see that love of God in you. Even if your flesh is at war with it, we can get down that road later of how to battle that. But I'm asking you to identify that war. I hope that that war exists in you between your flesh and your spirit, because man, uh, we live in a, in a country that turns money into God easily. Uh, let's yeah. continue. For a time is coming, oh yeah, sound talk, da, 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 and we'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths, right? This has been proclaimed. Like when you wonder why some people just won't listen no matter what, if they yeah. didn't, if if everyone just listened, then that means the scriptures were liars, right? It's got to happen. It's, it's It sucks to watch it, but it's got to happen. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry and hold on one second. Let me see if they have you won it. Gileon, man. You won Gilitso. I love that. I just love that. I, I was actually looking at uh Nefe. Nefe. Um, so sober is calm. I am calm and vigilant. Look at that definition. See, people hear sober-minded and they think like Paul is talking about no, don't get me wrong. Christians should not be drunk. There are verses for that, but this verse isn't about don't be smoking weed if you're a Christian. Don't be, you know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. We can go to verses for that. So people need to realize when I'm saying that a verse isn't what you think it is, I'm not then saying it's okay to do what someone might have used this verse for. No, but I want to be very clear that when it says, as for you, always be sober-minded, enduring suffering, do the work of evangelists, he's telling you to be calm and vigilant, to be focused, lasered in, right? When you, when you know, when you go to that job, your job that you love and you're focused in, you're dialed in, you're ready to work, just mm, that calm comes over you and you're ready to do your job. That's what you're called to be doing. Fulfill your ministry. And whose ministry is it? It's Jesus's ministry that you've been invited into, that you have Mm -hmm. been, what did Paul, what's the exact word Paul said earlier? The things that have been, uh, what to me, um, What verse are you referring to? In Timothy, in first Timothy, in the first chapter, where the things that have been uh, uh, given to him, not given to him, but entrusted, the ministry yes, entrusted, entrusted, entrusted yeah. to you. Amen. And then and there he goes. goes. For I am being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And he goes back. He goes back to his uh, analogies. Right, fought the good fight the soldier, finished the race, the person running the race, kept the faith. You know, if you are faithless, I am faithful and whatnot. Um, Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but all those who have loved his appearing. So notice 
real quickly, this isn't about salvation. He's he's saved. He's talking about the crown that the Lord will give to him, a crown yeah. that he had. He has earned the crown. That doesn't give him anything to boast about because we're all saved, and that's the true yeah. blessing. But he has earned the crown. So also we go back to Romans three, right? Boasting before man and boasting before God. He has Amen. nothing to boast for before God. Do your best. I just want to add to that. I just want to add to that. And one one of the things that 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 like I really. I really started doing is is at the end of each day when you go down on your knees to say thank you for God for you know whatever you went through um you know in that day can you read verse 7 to yourself like make this a daily prayer can you get up every single at the end of every single day and say I have fought the good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith and you'll realize how quickly and you'll realize how far short you fall you'll realize every single day how far short you fall and, and, and this is a question of humility. This is a question of humility. There is strength in humility. And I've been, I've been, for most of you that know, I've been, I've been sick now nearly, I'm nearly gonna, I've been sick oh, for man. nearly seven weeks. I've been sick for nearly seven weeks. And in, in this time that I've been sick and, and reading about the multiple ways that Jesus heals and ultimately everybody that's praying for my healing and praying that my health is restored, I appreciate this. But in the same breath, I've realized how God has used this time where I've been sick and I haven't been able to be as active as I like to be, that it has pulled me into his word in a way that that I really needed for my own spiritual growth. And, and sometimes, again, when we look at the verse where God uses all things for his good, all things for his kingdom, all things for his glory, I see that even in, 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 in times where we are not healthy and we are not, we are not thriving, that that God uses it for His good, and this is a this is a question of this is a question of if you pray for humility, God doesn't just grant you humility; He puts you in situations to make you humble. And again, those who seek God, those who seek to do the will of God, God will God will use you if that's what you're truly seeking inwardly to be more like Christ, to follow Christ more earnestly. He will shape you. He will sanctify you. He will put you through the refiner's fire. That is ultimately what God's word teaches us. Each and every single one of the prophets of old who were seeking God earnestly were in moments of doubt. We're in moments of fear. We're in moments of, you know, is this all worth it? And ultimately, they all came through it on the other end, seeing that God was completely in control. At every given moment of whatever they were going through, he was completely in control. And, and this is where we surrender to that fact that where the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. It's, it's, it's a daily reminder for us that we need to be still and know that he is God. And no matter what situation we are in, no matter where we are at, if we stay faithful to what we have been taught, what we have been given in the scriptures, we cannot err from the truth. That's that's the bottom line. You cannot be swayed or distracted if you are in God's word. You can't you 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 simply cannot be. Amen. What a, way to, what a way to end that show. Because so that we finished the letter. The rest is Paul just basically signing off, um, saying, Amen. like, you know, pass my love to these people and and Luke's over here with me. I've sent these people out, and 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 that's about it. So I mean, we basically finished the letter because we're down to our final moments here on the podcast. So um man, I, I'm glad we were able to actually knock it all out in one sitting. Um, yeah, it was beautiful, man. That allows us to open up the door for Wednesday to be something else. Uh, 
Sorry, Yuri, but if you live in the U.S., you're, you're rich compared to the rest of the world. You might not feel it because you set your standards to the U.S. and not the rest of the world. Um, yeah. If you were to set your standards to the rest of the world, you would see exactly how rich you are. Matter of fact, in Haiti, uh, I always tell people about this, like you really want to open your eyes up and wake up to something. In Haiti, they eat dirt cookies to feel full. You can go look this up on YouTube and watch a video of it. It's disgusting, but it's about like 3% sugar, 7% flour, and then the rest is mud. And they lay them out in, on the concrete, and then this, they, they, they harden up from the sun, and then they eat those. And that way, um, they stay at least feeling full. So that way, starvation isn't as bad as it sounds, right? So starvation, you also feel the pain of an empty stomach on top of the fact that you, know, you have nutrition. Uh, de deficit, uh, deficits. Well, this at least just makes the it be the nutrition, the malnut, the malnutrition. Um, and then it is a very high nutrient soil, so they get a little something out of it. Um, but yeah, that's 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 Haiti, right? And that's just one of many countries that they, you know, people like to be like, oh, those countries eat monkey brains or something, right? Well, guess what? If only thing you have to eat is a monkey, and you got to eat every part of it, like, okay, yeah, they eat some monkey brains. Oh, they eat cat. Yeah, well, maybe that's all they have an option for. Yeah. We live in such a way that we can look at other countries and be like, ew, you eat this. And they eat that. They're so nasty, right? Because you can, again, you can eat anything you want here. Like, if all of you said tomorrow I want pancakes, 99.9% .9 of you can get pancakes. Now, you might not yeah. because you're lazy or you don't want to drive or whatever. But if you had to, like, if someone said, yo, make pancakes tomorrow and I'll give you $10,000, you all would make pancakes tomorrow. There's people in this world that you could offer a billion dollars to make pancakes tomorrow, and they're not making pancakes tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's. I mean, I've, I've I've gone on, and and those that have been, you know, those that have been fortunate enough to catch me on the Discord when I've gone into into the state hospitals to pray and 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 preach to people and give them the gospel. Um, a couple of sisters have have witnessed firsthand what I'm talking about, where these people have got nothing. They've got nothing. They don't even have clothes on their back. They've got no shoes. They've got no. They've got no income. They're living on the streets. They're standing there, in a queue for free medicine in the hope to get healthy. And and you come to them with this message of Jesus, and their face lights up, and they're like, they're so grateful to hear someone speaking about Jesus, and they're so grateful to hear about the hope that is to come, and they're so grateful for the eternal life, and they're so grateful for what comes after this life that they're not even that they can still put a smile on their face even though they've got nothing. And and again, when it comes to really understanding true humility. And you see people that are in way worse positions than you could ever imagine to be in because because our kids have a warm bath. Our kids go to good schools. Our kids have got a roof over their heads. And and like Mark said, our kids get to dic dictate what they want to eat and when they want to eat. Where these people are like, where the next meal, meal comes from, I don't know. But I give God all the glory when I do eat. And, and, and speaking to people that sometimes they're eating their first meal in three or four days, um, you, you know, you kind of want to throw up everything you've eaten over the last week because you feel so guilty. You feel so guilty. And God's just like reminded us through his word that this is where we are to be thankful and, and bring glory and honor to his name. And as we said, we've, we've said it so many times on these podcasts that, you know, what is the first commandment? How many times we, do we do we love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our mind, all our souls, all our strength, every single minute of every single day? 
and and if we're truthful we we don't we don't we get conceited we start thinking about our problems and what we need and what we want when the reality is is that's not what we're here for that's not what we're here for we're here to bring glory and honor to jesus christ and jesus christ alone that is the name which is above every other name and there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved as we see in acts chapter 4. So again, guys, God bless you all. Thanks for being a part of it. That was that was an awesome reading. Mark, thank you, brother. Um, uh, uh, definitely gonna re-watch this one. Uh, guys, like, share, and 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 invite more people to the podcast. Uh, Wednesday night, I did see uh, in the chat uh, predestination, definitely a topic we need to discuss. Woman pastors, a topic we need to discuss. So we've got a few things, guys. So leave your comments on what you want to see next. And, and Mike and I will run it over and we will decide what happens on Wednesday. It's always up in the air. <laughs> we love it. I do love the comments for another. I, I love you two guys, the live stream guys, but let me talk to the non live stream watchers. I love your guys' comments as well. So if you guys ever have anything you wanted to add or ask or suggestions by all means throw the comments on there especially because like i said uh we're about to start getting into uploading other content not just the live stream but other content on this page so giving us suggestions of things you would like to see um really is an awesome thing to help us out uh because the goal is not to just be talking to walls we want to talk to people that want to hear those that have ears will hear so if you have ears let us know what your ears are uh, uh are looking to hear um and guys thank you so much for participating as always, uh, I will hop over to TikTok for a short amount of time before I uh, take it down. Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Central, we will be back. Our brother JD here is waking up 4 a.m. to be with us, and we love him uh, so much for doing that. And as always, JD, I love you being here. Um, make love sure you guys you. hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share button. You all know how it works. But um, as for this episode, we're finished. So go in peace. Go in peace. Love you guys. God bless. Karaoke nights.